Welcome to a special special Saturday edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, special audio version of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hope you're having a great start to your Saturday. I couldn't come up with the adjective to uh, start with this this time, but I'll, I'll be better next time. This special Saturday edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Of course, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz. Myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, free on all platforms. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure, the Odyssey app, make sure that you listen, review, and subscribe. We always want to know how our listeners feel about the show. And also make sure that you check it out on YouTube. Though this show's not there, every single weekday there is a new episode of Locked on Grizzlies on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Plenty of fun things to look out for when it comes to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. And so we'll have plenty to talk about next week, but wanted to certainly have a special Saturday edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast because it's a significant weekend for the Grizzlies, and, it be, and it's become a very interesting one for the Grizzlies as well as they take on the, both the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. It's the second time this season that the Grizzlies will, on back-to-back days, face the Clippers on a Saturday and the Lakers on a Sunday. Obviously, the Grizzlies did that their second and third games of the year, the first weekend of the NBA season, and they were able to defeat the Clippers Despite Paul George having an outstanding effort, the Grizzlies were able to defeat the Clippers on um, on that on that Saturday for their second game of the year, and then they unfortunately lost a very close game to the Lakers, their third game of the year. So they started off two one the season, so they went on a one and one back to back series of games, and that's exactly what they're hopefully looking to at least accomplish this time around. Because when it comes to this this weekend's game, things are getting a bit interesting for the Grizzlies, not only in terms of the standings in the Western Conference, and for the Grizzlies to potentially gain tiebreakers against both the Clippers and the Lakers in these matchups this weekend, but also when it comes to um, the um, the overall ability for the Grizzlies to be able to play well in these games and hopefully at least get a one-to-one split this weekend is the fact that they're going to have to do it without, at least today, John Morant. That's the major news to start off you know, discussing this weekend is that John Morant, as well as Eve Pons and Kyle Anderson, who is now out of health and safety protocols, those four, play, those three players are doubtful for today's game against the Clippers. The other big development is that it's now Stephen Adams who has entered health and safety protocols for the Grizzlies. Though he's the only one um, right now who is out, both John Conchar and Xavier Tillman are questionable as they seem to potentially be available today out of health and safety protocols. Stephen Adams is out, and that's a big development. For the Grizzlies, with how much Steven Adams has added value, despite not scoring that much, he's added value through his passing, added value to through his rebounding. The usual avenue for the Grizzlies to be able to get those second chance points and to get that possession edge against teams and good teams in the Clippers and the Lakers, um, who they'll play this weekend, the Grizzlies are going to be without that advantage. So not only are they going to be likely missing Morant today, their best player due to thigh soreness, and we'll see how serious it is. I would imagine that the Grizzlies are probably using this more as a day of rest, and there's a good chance Morant is back tomorrow for the game against the Lakers. But not only are the Grizzlies missing out on their best player in John Morant, they're missing out on one of their best sources of creating a consistent advantage night in and night out 
in Steven Adams. Now, the encouraging thing is, as was anticipated, Desmond Bain will be back in the fold for the Grizzlies, again, along with John Conchar and Xavier Tillman. So it, it gets interesting when you start to discuss what potentially the Grizzlies lineup could look like with Morant and Steven Adams being out, but thankfully Bang, Conchar, and Tillman being available. My gut says that the starting lineup will probably be something along the lines of Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, and then the exciting thing is an extended run of Brandon Clark as well as Jaron Jackson Jr. And then off the bench, you'll see Zaire Williams, Xavier Tillman, DeAnthony Melton, John Conchar, Killian Tilly, and others. Those are possibly going to be the lineups. And you'll have to feel as we transition to the Clippers that that setup of things should still be able to allow the Grizzlies to have a very good chance of winning this game. Because the Clippers, a lot like the Grizzlies being without Morant, the reason why the Grizzlies potentially are using this opportunity to give Morant a day of rest is because the Clippers themselves, though they clearly are in the Western Conference playoff picture, they're now without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But before we really get into the Clippers and more into the game itself, you know, talking about the Grizzlies and how they're dealing again with some roster shuffling due to players being available, players now coming out of healthy safety protocols, Steven Adams going into health and safety protocols, a lot of stuff going on. The Clippers certainly have been a team that have dealt with that as well. But the reason why these games are so important, right, is because of the fact that with how the playoff situation currently stands out, you not only could see the Grizzlies potentially get playoff advantages, playoff tiebreakers for winning the season series against the Clippers and against the Lakers, but you also could really see the Grizzlies again, once again, continue to solidify themselves in that fourth position to where they'll have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Because right now, here's where the Grizzlies stand. You've got the Suns, the Warriors, and the Jazz separated by two and a half games in the top three spots in the West. The Grizzlies are now only two and a half games behind the Jazz for that third spot. But Memphis is four and a half games above the fifth spot where Dallas stands. Think about the Grizzlies' seven-game winning streak is that you would have hoped they would have been able to make up some ground or, or, or distance themselves more from the rest of the Western Conference playoff pack or, you know, distance themselves more in the Southwest Division, but Dallas has won five in a row and is playing very well. So Dallas right now has certainly ascended to the top of, you know, the rest of the Western Conference um, playoff picture outside of the top four. So right now the Grizzlies are two and a half games out of the third spot in the West, but four and a half games up on the fifth spot. And the reason why these games are important is because you now have the Mavericks who are in the fifth spot, the Lakers who have been playing very well in the sixth spot, and then the Nuggets and the Clippers. And they're all within, along with the Timberwolves, the Mavericks and the, and the, um, from the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Timberwolves are all within two games of each other for that fifth through nine spot. At the end of the day, I truly do feel that while the top four of the West are going to be Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, and Memphis in some order, I would imagine Memphis probably stays in that fourth spot. The back half of the playoff picture, in my opinion, is going to be some combination of the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Mavericks. Now, who is in what spot remains to be seen. But against one of those four teams, in the first round of the playoffs, the Grizzlies having home court advantage 
And though they have a big cushion gaining every type of playoff tiebreaker that they can as soon as possible, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. So these games are important because not only could you get more solidified in that four spot, but you also have the ability to have tiebreakers against the Lakers and the Clippers, and hopefully in time, you've already won two games against the Nuggets. You're 1-1 one one against the Mavericks. You're 2-0 and oh against you know, the Clippers so far this year and 2-1 and one against the Lakers. The Grizzlies are in, it, and in a very good position to have three or more playoff tiebreakers against the other four teams that are following them in the West. But the other important thing to remember is news that came out today that eventually the Clippers are going to get Paul George back. Eventually the Clippers are going to get Kawhi Leonard back. And that potentially could be a first-round matchup that the Grizzlies are looking at, in which now it's a completely different team than what you're going to be facing today or what you've faced so far. So the whole point is, is that even though the Grizzlies have a bit of a cushion right now and they're playing very well and should continue to play well to solidify themselves in that fourth position, that fourth position is in the West as time goes on, the thing that stands out is, is that they're going to need to take every take advantage of every opportunity that they have to get playoff tiebreakers. And when that comes to these games, it's taking advantage of an opportunity to beat teams that they should be even without Morant and Adams. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to talk with you about Truebill. Listen, Truebill is an awesome opportunity for you to be able yourself to take care of those free trials. We all want to try out things. like that. That's, that's the whole point of getting introduced to a product we may be encouraged to look at. Truebill.com allows for you to be able to do exactly that, giving you the opportunity to have free trials, but it gives you the chance to manage those free trials, and it alerts you when they're about to become due to start charging you fees where you don't have to pay them. On average, Truebill saves its customers $720 a month. And if you go to Truebill.com right now, and you put in the, and you look at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA, not only will you see that it helps out with free trials, but just in general, it's a great way for you to be able to manage your subscriptions. Check out Truebill.com today. On Monday's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll look at all the fallout of this weekend's matchup against the LA Lakers and the LA Clippers, what it potentially means, and where do the Grizzlies stand after once again a lot of roster shuffling when it comes to their injuries. That and much more on Monday's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So obviously, as we discussed in the first segment, the Grizzlies are dealing with their own, you know, shuffling to where they're, they're they're going each and every game now with a different assortment of players available to be able to make the most of their games. And so far, obviously, winning 17 out of their last 21, they've done an outstanding job of it. But now they're going into some pretty important games, and though they certainly have taken advantage of business so far, they just simply need to continue to do that to be in the best position possible. Well, the Grizzlies, while they have certainly been able to benefit from their depth, it's the Clippers who actually come into this game who are struggling, you know, compared to how the Grizzlies have certainly been succeeding over the past 10 games. While the Grizzlies have won 17 out of their last 21, the Clippers are now 3-8 and eight over their past 11 games. Much of that, or I believe all of that, without Paul George. And without Paul George, the Clippers have just been struggling when it comes to offense. Overall, over the past 10 games, you know, when you look at the when you look at the league over the past 10 games, the Clippers are 28th in offensive rating and 15th in defensive rating. They're 24th in field goal percentage, 26th in three point uh, in three pointers per game, but 14th in three point field goal percentage. And the big thing for the Clippers is simply this is that you look at this team 
and you look at the fact that yes, it, in the in the theory of what it could be when it's fully healthy, you've got arguably the best two man combination in the NBA in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but you also want to have a good supporting cast. And a player like a Luke Kennard, for instance, who's not going to be available in today's game, he's in health and safety protocols himself. He he may he may he should not be available. We'll see, you know, once the game time comes. But he's another player who stands out as someone that is really supported. But right now, when it comes to this Clippers roster, the reason why they're playing basically like a lottery team is because that's the way that they're set up. Yes, they have some very intriguing players, but none of them are really to the quality that you would need to be able to continue winning without a George, a Kawhi Leonard, and a Kennard. But don't take that lightly. This Clippers team is still very much capable of being able to get wins as it needs to, as evidenced by, you know, a few nights ago when they surprised the Brooklyn Nets, who, you know, are struggling right now because of losing to the Clippers and losing to the Grizzlies on back-to-back games last weekend and last Monday. You know, those are games you expect the Nets to win, but games that the Clippers and the Grizzlies were able to get victories in. So this Clippers team, when they need to do it, when they need to step up their overall team play, they can certainly get it done. And Eric Bledsoe, for instance, a name, you know, Grizzlies legend Eric Bledsoe, as you might call him, he's a name that certainly has stood up and played well. He was a um, candidate, or he was a nominee for Player of the Week last week. He wasn't going to beat John Morant or um, uh, LeBron James. But no matter how efficient it is, and Eric Bledsoe has never been a beacon of efficiency when it comes to, or at least not consistently, when it comes to his play, the Clippers just need production. And Eric Bledsoe and others have stepped up and done exactly that. Ivan Zubac, uh, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, others. All these players that the Clippers have had step up in big supporting roles, you know, though Zubac may be out for today's game as well, all these players that the that the Clippers have had step up in supporting roles that have starred at big times next to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they now have to have those players step up consistently to give them some type of opportunity. But for the Grizzlies, the thing that stands out is that even without John Morant, this Grizzlies team still is likely much of the game going to have the better assortment of players on the court. Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, and Jaron Jackson Jr. should clearly be the best trio of these two rosters of players that are going to be available in this game. And with Tyus Jones leading the charge when it comes to his point guard play, you would hope that he would be able to keep the offense enough in a flow to be able to score. Because when you look at the Grizzlies over the past several games, when they've had Melton and Brooks out, when they've had Anderson out, when they've had other players out, it's been layers of scoring that have supported John Morant. In one game, it was Desmond Bain. In another game, it was Dylan Brooks. In another game, it was Jaron Jackson Jr. But you've had the consistent scoring of Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark also step up. The Grizzlies are going to need to rely on on layers of duos to be able to score. If that's Dylan Brooks, you know, being a player in this game who goes for 25 or more points on 20 or more shots, this is probably a game you can live with that. As long as off of that, you're having Desmond Bain and Tyus Jones find their shots from the outside, Jaron Jackson Jr. being able to get inside, and then you've got Brandon Clark being able to help out on the boards as well as being a lob threat or being able to find his shot on the inside. The Grizzlies have the advantage in this game, and a big key for the Grizzlies is that the Clippers themselves, though they are a good defensive team, they've not been as good defensively when it comes to guarding the ability for teams to get to the basket. 
And that's the thing that stands out about the Grizzlies in this game, I feel, is that with the Clippers, yes, you're going to be without Steven Adams. If I were the Grizzlies, I would just simply go for the highest percentage shot possible. That includes starting off possibly looking for shots, you know, in the paint or, you know, good shots around the basket and then making good passes to the outside to shoot the three. I know in general that's the concept every game, but when you're without your best singular source of taking over the game or getting into the paint in John Morant, it's going to take good ball movement. Against the Pistons, the Grizzlies had 31 assists and 18 turnovers. This isn't a game where the Grizzlies need to, you know, have a lot of turnovers. They need to move the ball. They need to trust their talent. They need to work off each other well. If Jaron Jackson Jr. is driving to the basket, this is the type of game where if it's not there for him, he needs to pass it out to someone who has a better shot. That's another big key that could be from this. This is the type of game where you would love to see a tick up and assist from a Jaron Jackson Jr. or a Brandon Clark or a um, Dylan Brooks instead of them forcing shots. That's a big key for the Grizzlies on offense prioritizing the best shot every single possession. You know Bain's going to do that with his true shooting percentage and playmaking ability. You know Tyus Jones is going to do that with his assist-to-turnover ratio and good decision-making. Can Dylan and Jaron and Brandon Clark and others do that same thing? Instead of forcing shots, which, you know, I'm not saying they've done a lot, but just having a good, you know, wherewithal, awareness about them to know if the shot's not there. In a game where higher percentage looks as consistently as possible is going to be more important without John Morant and more important without Steven Adams creating other possessions through second chance opportunities, those guys are going to need to know when it's right to pass and look for the open sh- and look for the best shot as much as possible. So that's going to be for the key for the Grizzlies on defense. The big key for the Grizzlies on offense is forcing the Clippers into tough shots. This is not a team that likely is going to be able to beat you that much one-on-one, or or at least do it to where they're going to be able to consistently create their own shot. This is a team in the Clippers who would take advantage of either the Grizzlies making a lot of mistakes on offense or a overall sloppy game. The clip, This Clippers team is more capable right now of taking advantage of the Grizzlies beating themselves than this Clippers team is of actually beating the Grizzlies unless they just have a, an unexpected great shooting night. The big key for Memphis is just to simply play within their talent. That's the biggest thing that this team needs to do. And if they can do that, if they can be efficient on offense, move the ball, make the right to passes, make the right decisions to instead of forcing shots, being able to make the right passes, trusting their defense with Jaron and Dylan and and, and, um, uh, DeAnthony to be able to create some turnovers and making sure that they don't give up second chance opportunities, you know, to, to, you know, the Clippers, that is another big key as well. The end of the day, I'm not saying this Clippers team is, you know, on the level of a Pistons team, even without Kennard and Zubac and, you know, if they don't play, and and, um, uh, George and Kawhi Leonard. This Clippers team is still better, obviously, than the Pistons. But my point is, is that even without John Moran, the Grizzlies just simply need to play to their potential. And I feel that they will find a good opportunity to win. This is an important game for the Grizzlies, once again, for them to dial into what was so successful for them, Without John Morant, playing opportunistic defense and playing smart, efficient basketball for long stretches on offense. If they could do that, I feel that they'll be able to win this game. Now, when they turn the page to Sunday, the story becomes a bit more detailed. The story becomes a bit more interesting with how well the Lakers are playing. Yes, how well they're playing, even though they're 5-5 five and five 
over their past 10 games that does not tell a complete story from the last time the Grizzlies played them and how the, the Lakers have made some adjustments to really stand out over the past few weeks. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do, want to talk about Prize Picks. That's right, another title sponsor for our show, Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com is the best when it comes to daily fantasy. The reason why that is, is because it allows for you to be able to find a way to, against projections, you can start two to five players, and all you're doing is guessing they're over-under. It's, it's, it's a prop bet galore. Prize Picks is daily fantasy at its best because it makes it simple. You pick two to five players, you pick over-unders in certain stat categories, and if you win, you profit. And the great thing is, if you put in the promo, put in the promo code "locked on NBA," you'll get a hundred percent matching, up to one hundred dollars on your first deposit. How outstanding is that? If you wanted an introduction to daily fantasy sports, do it in a way that makes daily fantasy sports easy. Go to PrizePicks.com right now. Sign up. Put in that deposit and up to hundred dollars by using the promo code "locked on NBA." PrizePicks will match it up to one hundred dollars. Check out PrizePicks.com today. For clarification, it appears that Ivan Zubac will be questionable for today's game when the when the Grizzlies play the Clippers. Obviously, things can change hourly, even when it comes to game day, when it comes to players that have been out of health and safety protocols. But it does look as if you know Nicholas Batum and um, or excuse me, uh, Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, their outlook Kennard is out. But it does look like Ivan Zubac, much like Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, and John Conchar for the Grizzlies, he will be uh, questionable for the day's game against the Clippers. And if he does play without Stephen Adams, that becomes a bit of a concern for the. Grizzlies because as we all know, as we've seen Zubac over the past few years, he certainly is someone that can make an impact on that offensive glass. He's someone to that the Grizzlies are going to have to make sure doesn't gain extra possessions for the Clippers like the Grizzlies have been so good at doing in recent games. But yes, the Grizzlies will be without Morant, they'll be without Steven Adams, but in my opinion, they still should certainly have the ability to win this game, especially if the trio of Bain, Dylan, and Jaron play up to their standards. If you can get over, you know, 60, 70 combined points from those three, play the good defense that they have, have DeAnthony Melton create havoc on the perimeter on defense, I know that that's the best case scenario for the Grizzlies, but if you can have that happen, you certainly can win the game. But... While the Clippers have certainly struggled, for obvious reasons being without some of their best talents, the Lakers, even without Anthony Davis, have finally made the adjustments to their approach in games that many have been waiting for, that many have been waiting for them to make with how much they've struggled for much of the first half of the season. Yes, they've dealt with injuries, but they also just have not found the right formula to make the most of their players to connect. Well, now it certainly seems as if that is exactly what they have found. Putting LeBron James basically at the five, especially on defense, and going with a small ball type lineup, a small ball type approach, has certainly helped out the Lakers. And it especially has benefited them as of late. Because over the past five games, the, uh, over the over the past five games for the entire league, it's the Lakers who have the third best offensive rating. They've won four in a row, including four out of their last five. And a big revelation is not only is LeBron James. Don't don't get it wrong. LeBron, the, John Morant may have won last week's Player of the Week. Carm, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell may have won Player of the Month in the Western Conference. LeBron James right now is the best player in the Western Conference, if not the NBA. I believe last or the last time that the Lakers played, LeBron 
set the record for most consecutive games scoring 25 or more points. He became the oldest player to ever score 25 or more points in 10 straight games. He did that at 37. The previous record holder was a guy named Michael Jordan who did it at 34. Once again, LeBron James is still doing stuff at 37 that no other player may do in NBA history. So the one difference between going from playing the Clippers later on this afternoon to playing the Lakers is that you have to hope that John Morant is available because if not, the Lakers are clearly going to have the best player on the court. But despite that obvious thing, you know, that's been the case the past two games when the Grizzlies have beat the Lakers in Memphis. Despite that truth, one thing that has stepped up has been Malik Monk who over the past 10 games is averaging more than 20 points per game, shooting nearly 55% from the field, and also nearly 45% from three. And that is a big revelation for the Lakers because it kind of puts them in the position where the Grizzlies do, where the Grizzlies are so good at producing in the paint, but with Bain's production this year, he alone gives them just enough production from three to create just enough balance for their offense to be a success. Well, that's what's occurred for the Lakers. It's the ability for them, their top 10 in the league when it comes to field goal percentage, you know, inside the arc, their top five when it comes to free throw points, the Lakers' offense will be able to create production in the lane, in the paint, getting to the basket. They'll be able to hone their own with anyone around the basket, but now they've got the balance to complement it. With Malik Monk's emergence as a, as a very good shooting threat, along with Carmelo Anthony, Avery Bradley when he plays, and, and as well as others. The offensive balance of the Lakers, even though the Grizzlies played them just three weeks ago, they played them twice over the past six weeks, the offensive balance of the Lakers has much improved over the past two games. And it's because they're going with a small ball lineup and have some very good balance to support LeBron both inside and outside. And that's going to be the key for the Grizzlies, especially, again, without Steven Adams. This is the type of game where with how good the Lakers' offense is playing, it would be a big benefit for the Grizzlies to be able to have an outlet for them to be able to create extra advantages through getting those offensive rebounds. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be as much of an opportunity without Adams. So what do the Grizzlies do? They've got to make sure they don't foul. They've got to make sure that they defend the paint well with Brandon Clark and and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Tillman and others. And they've got to make sure that they do well in trying to create turnovers. That's something that's helped them out at times against the Lakers and other very good Western Conference teams. But the Grizzlies, once again on offense, are also going to have to make sure they prioritize the best shot as much as possible. Having John Morant will help out with that. But if the Grizzlies were to be without John Morant, it becomes even more important for them to do that. So not much has changed. Not much has, you know, changes when you go from the Clippers to the Lakers in terms of the Grizzlies' approach. Against the Clippers on defense, you want to sit there and make them not have as many easy shots, keep Zubach off the, um, the boards, and try your best to make sure you don't let many open threes occur. For the Grizzlies on defense against the Lakers, it's doing the best that you can to keep them out of the paint, not foul, and try to contest Malik Monk as much as possible. And then on offense, it's simply finding the best shot as much as possible. Having everyone step up and improve their facilitation, that's going to be the key of the weekend, in my opinion. Whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers, if the Grizzlies can have players like a Jaron Jackson, like a Dylan Brooks, like a DeAnthony Melton, like a Brandon Clark, if they can have contributions from everyone, 
in terms of doing a better job of making the right pass instead of forcing shots. And again, the Grizzlies aren't forcing many bad shots right now. But it's going to be more obvious without John Moran, at least in today's game. If the Grizzlies can do a better job as a whole making the right pass, you could see maybe uh, uh, across those four players I mentioned, five or six more assists in today's game than you usually would see from them. That would be an outstanding development. So making the lane as hard to navigate as possible for the Clippers and the Lakers and the Grizzlies finding the right shots as much as possible on offense, those are your keys to the weekend. And I'm thinking that if the Grizzlies do that, they can at least escape with a one-on-one one record, maybe even better. Because again, if the Grizzlies get that, the Grizzlies have a chance to get their third win of the season against both the Clippers and the Lakers. And if they could accomplish that, that will put them in an even stronger position. That'll be a significant development for the Grizzlies to solidify their chances more of having home court advantage in the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have the reaction to all of it on Monday's show of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hope you enjoyed this special Saturday edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Enjoy the Saturday matinee that is Grizzlies Clippers. Go Grizzlies, hopefully by the end of the weekend. We'll simply just have a few folks on the injury report. No more players going into health and safety protocols. John Morant himself being healthy, and we'll be able to see this Grizzlies team get as close to full strength as they've been in a while before they start to once again take on some tough opponents after the Clippers, after the Lakers. It doesn't get any easy, as then on Tuesday, the Warriors come to town to face the Grizzlies. We'll have that and much more on Monday's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Go Grizzlies! We'll talk to you again soon here on Locked on Grizzlies.